immersive audio podcast. In conversations with industry thought leaders, practitioners, artists, academics, and entrepreneurs, discussing all aspects of this rapidly evolving industry, from art, science, and business to practical insights and project case studies. We aim to inform, educate, explore, and unite the community. Kaushik Sunda, welcome to the Immersive Audio Podcast. How are you today? My pleasure, Oliver. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me for this, into this podcast. Uh, I am doing really well. How about you? I'm doing really well. As always, most of the episodes that I record, uh, it's end of the day for me and it's the beginning of the day for my guest. Uh-huh. I'm often talking to the other side of the pond. Right. So whereabouts are you tuning in from? I am tuning in from the sunny California. Uh, I'm in San Francisco Bay Area right now. Uh, I was in Arizona last week doing a long race. I'm a long distance runner, uh, but I'm back in San Francisco. Brilliant. I'm I'm really jealous. Although I can't complain about weather in London. <laughs> For a change, today uh, is, has been really lovely and sunny and warm. Nice. So it's all good. Kaushik has spent a great deal of his research career in the field of 3D audio and psychoacoustics. Over the last few years, his research has focused on understanding the importance of personalized HRTFs, particularly for headphone playback of spatial audio. Currently, Kaushik heads the overall engineering efforts and also leads the audio and acoustic research team at Embody. I'm very excited about today's episode because Kaushik is a real expert on personalized listening um, and HRTF for headphone playback. And we're going to dive into the great details about the, how the technology works and its future potential. But before we do that, Kaushik, I would like to go all the way back and ask you, how did you get into the audio industry? Right. Um, I think um, as 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 a as a child, I was uh, uh, very much into music. Music runs in my family, and like I think, like most of the people in this industry right now, um, uh, I think music is one of the common <laughs> bondage here. Right. So uh, I was into music. I I play uh, Indian classical music mostly. Um, and uh, that's how my journey into music started uh, as a kid. But then slowly, I was extremely interested in in understanding uh, sounds, understanding how humans perceive sounds, uh, and and so on and so forth. Right. So I I was interested in how we perceive pictures of music, right, and directions of uh, sounds, and that's that's what got me into this field. Um, I. I distinctly remember reading this book, uh, uh, you know, when in during my teenage years, um, and this book was called um, "This Is Your Brain in Music" uh, by Professor Daniel Levitin. I think he was at McGill University as a professor of uh, psychology, uh, and I think that's I read that book and I was blown away by how how the human brain tries to. Uh, you know, it 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 takes in all this information and uh, uh, actually makes it you know useful, right? Like like how it turns it into what we hear and we perceive it as music, and that was pretty fascinating and mind blowing. And that's when I decided that I am going to. Uh, um, pursue something uh, related to music and science, uh, which was my two passions at that time. Kashik, where, where are you from originally? I am from India. Um, I was uh, born in India, brought up in India uh, uh, for most of my life. Uh, and then I went to Singapore for my PhD. Actually, I really wanted to ask you about your experience uh, whilst you're doing your PhD at the Digital Signal Processing Lab, NTU Singapore. Can you talk a little bit more about your thesis and the experience doing PhD in Singapore? Sure. Uh, I think that that was uh, an amazing experience that um, I had. Uh, so I joined um, uh, the Signal Processing Laboratory at uh, NTU uh, Singapore. Uh, um, so my professor, uh, his name was uh, Dr. Ganwin Singh. Um, uh, he's a pioneer in 3D audio and active noise cancellation. Um, so I joined the lab um, and I was... 
very clear what to do uh, during my PhD thesis. It was um, it was in spatial audio, and it was very very specific uh, uh, in um, understanding personalized spatial audio and HRTF head related transfer functions. So, uh, one of the challenges was how do I make a recording or how do I make a, a HRTF uh, that works for everyone, right? Um, or, or how do we personalize uh, uh, a generic HRTF? So that was more, uh, the, my PhD was in, in those lines. And I was looking more in terms of uh, hardware. So we developed um, uh, what I call the frontal projection headphones. So these had uh, drivers in front of the headphones. So uh, unlike typical headphones that have drivers that faces uh, the ears, uh, 90 degrees, uh, these head uh, drivers were in the front. So what I, what I noticed is that uh, when when you send when you send audio into these drivers and as as it passes through the ears, uh, it 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 uh, actually filters the audio in such a way that you you get a better frontal perception. So, uh, which is one of the one of the major challenges of uh, generic HRTFs, right? So, uh, so that was one of the key uh, findings in in my PhD research, uh, and we did a lot of work uh, in how to. Um, um, how to how to create a naturally sounding uh, HRTF or a naturally sounding um, uh, perception of uh, audio, right? So, uh, uh, so that was one of the main main research that uh, I was doing at uh, Signal Processing. Uh, we did a lot of other work at the at the lab. Uh, we were doing a lot of uh, active noise cancellation work. Um, uh, some of the stuff was uh, directional audio. Uh, so, uh, using ultrasonic uh, um, emitters, we would create directional beams of audio. So, um, so there was a lot of fascinating work that was that's still going on in this laboratory in Singapore. So, uh, before you start working with OSIC, you were visiting research scientist at the Human Factors Department at NASA. Ames Research Center. Could you share about your experience working with these guys? Right. Uh, I think that was one of that was still date one of the most fascinating experiences I have had uh, uh, because uh, a I was working with uh, Dr. Uh, Duran Begold. Uh, he, as you know, he has written some amazing books on three D audio, um, and he it was also the one of the first books I had ever read on spatial audio. Right. So. Uh, and um, I approached him um, uh, in one of the conferences and he was humble enough to take me as one of his um, uh, research research colleagues. Um, so we worked on some incredible stuff at NASA Ames. Um, one of the fascinating applications of spatial audio that that typically one would not think of is is in the in the in, in the aviation industry so um, if you look at these pilots and and even astronauts right so uh, what happens is uh, they all wear headphones and most of the audio that they listen to is actually uh, mono it's it's not even it it, it you would be surprised uh, how behind that technology is um, and what we were noticing is pilots, especially uh, when they are, you know, riding their aircraft, they they are so much attentionally tunneled to do a certain task that is actually riding the aircraft, right? So they are so busy uh, and their attention is all towards riding the aircraft that they miss out some of the important warnings that comes out on their headphones. So what we were trying to do is creating some spatial cues on the head uh, and and delivering it over headphones saying hey there is there is certain there is a warning here and there is there is something coming behind you right so and then we were looking at their reaction times and how it would improve their uh, reaction times and uh, you know improve their safety at the end of the day right so what we noticed was um, it it improves their safety tremendously 
So uh, that was one of the f- most fascinating projects I've worked on till date. Uh, and it's basically mitigating uh, attentional tunneling uh, in, in, uh, in aircrafts. It's one of those, I guess, uh, rarer situations where we're talking about the functional benefits of spatial audio as opposed to you know, using them within the context of art or XI industry as we typically do. Exactly. After NASA, I actually went to McGill University and I was doing a postdoc there. Uh, and I was I was actually working there uh, with uh, at the sound recording department at McGill University. Um, and uh, there is that's where my interest in music and spatial audio came in together, right? So um, I was working with. Professor Richard King, uh, Professor Vyaslav Vostek, these guys are some of the pioneers when it comes to uh, music and spatial audio. And um, and while I was there, that's when I got an offer from OSIC, uh, which was at that time, it was still uh, not, not, not well known. Uh, it was, uh, we were still before the OSIC Kickstarter journey right uh, and i joined them as as the chief research scientist um and uh, it was a fascinating experience working with uh, um, some of the best brains uh, in the industry right so uh, it was uh, i was working with kedar uh, sally uh, shimon uh, who is one of the pioneers of usb technology um, um and uh, some great minds um at the, at, the, at that time so um uh, so my role was actually developing some of the uh, personalized spatial audio techniques, right? So uh, as you know, OSIC was more of a hardware device. Uh, so it was a multi-driver uh, hardware uh, headphone, uh, but it was so advanced that it could do so many things uh, in those headphones with those with all the head trackers, with different sensors, uh, and uh, multi-driver technology. So tuning tuning these headphones is is super critical, right? Um, and um, when how do you how do you send spatial audio in it? How do you personalize spatial audio in these headphones? And how do, how do you make this experience uh, at the end of the day uh, a really natural sounding, right? And so that people people love it. Um, so I was involved more on the research aspect, measuring these different HRTFs, measuring acoustics of different environments, uh, and the signal processing aspect that goes into these headphones. I feel like several years later, what Embody is doing at the moment is feels like it's the time. It's still very early, it's still very niche, but the timing feel definitely feels more appropriate. And therefore, the whole concept and the line of products feels more accessible for the community no absolutely i mean uh what osic was trying to do at that time is and what it actually succeeded in doing right is is creating this awareness and and uh one could say it was too early but um what we ended up doing was at least create this awareness um uh, among spatial audio about 3d audio 3d music right and uh, there are so many more companies at this point and and uh, at embody we are doing some incredible stuff osic was hardware based company but right now embody we are purely uh, software based company right we are doing all these hrt of development and um, um, uh, all the personalized spatial audio techniques these are completely um, uh, happen everything happens in the cloud and um, with with the current, you know, we there's no limit on 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 the computational capacity right now that you have. So uh, this is this is but the best trade off between how uh, how easy it is to use for the final user, um, as well as uh, you know to make it sustainable and uh, having a, a line of different products that covers the entire market. You're currently heading the audio and acoustic research teams at Embody. Could you share a bit more about Embody in general as a company and also expand on your core responsibilities within the departments you lead? So uh, Embody is essentially uh, what we call as an audio lifestyle company. And we 
we deliver personalized um, audio experiences to whatever use case you as a listener has, right? Um, so uh, my role at Embody has transformed by the time uh, uh, since since the time I started. Uh, I I was I started as a uh, uh, as a research scientist and um, uh, my uh, in audio and acoustics. I still do that. There's a lot of um, HRTF measurement that goes on actually. Uh, creating these different HRTF models and and training these HRTFs, right? So uh, we use an AI-based uh, engine to predict these HRTFs based on an, an image of your ear. So uh, a lot of it, uh, a lot of my role goes into in, in um, understanding how these HRTFs are made, how to make, make this as accurate as possible, how to make it as individualized as possible, and also measuring uh, different uh, acoustics uh, uh, of, of different environments. We go to different studios, we do go to different environments, measure the the room acoustics of these uh, uh, different environments, and, and then that that goes into these these plugins, right? What that we are developing. So um, it's it's a it's a lot of different roles as a startup that uh, that I have. Uh, a lot of it is also product management of the different products that we are pro audio products that we are developing right now. Uh, but also at the end of the day, developing the DSP algorithms that goes into the product. Fascinating. Well. Um... I'm just going to assume that we don't need to explain what HRTF is to our listeners. However, we're about to dive into a hot topic, which is personalized listening. So it's about time we really dive into this. Kaushik, you're certainly an expert on the subject. Let's start with the very basics. What is personalized listening? Right. I mean, personalized listening, um, people throw in different meanings to what it means. Um, uh, but um, with respect to what Embody is doing and what uh, I have been working on, it specifically means uh, personalized uh, head-related transfer function or personalized uh, spatial audio or 3D audio, however you want to, you may want to call it, right? Uh, in, in essence, um, our human ears are as unique as fingerprints. Um, you know, one could call our ears also as an acoustic fingerprint, right? So how you hear sounds is very different from how I hear sounds. How you hear directions of sounds is very different from how I hear directions of sound. So, and, and sorry to interrupt, if, if you could put a number between one and hundred between that's kind of always fascinated me, but always seemed like a quite a mystery. How big is the discrepancy? Are we talking about 10% or are we potentially talking as high as 50%? Or, or maybe we, we can't even talk about this concept in, in the kind of percentage terms. Yeah, I, I, it's, you're right. I mean, I don't think you can really talk about this concept in terms of percentage, uh, uh, but but um, you know there are different techniques. People have identified certain number of HRTFs that you know, or certain number of ear shapes that you know you match best to. Uh, that is one way of doing this. But there are always uh, some disadvantages in terms of the sound quality you have. It is never as real as listening with your own ear or with listening with your own HRTF. And that's why uh, we have come to the conclusion and we think it is absolutely important that we have, uh, we model your ears or we model your HRTFs as accurately as possible. Um, and uh, there is, I mean, there's tons of research. Uh, a lot of my own research uh, is is on understanding the importance of personalized spatial audio uh, uh, and in understanding the importance of personalized HRTFs. Although uh, you need to remember that it is not just the HRTF, right? Um, it is not just the HRTF that makes this experience as immersive as possible. 
it's these other things as well it's the familiarity of the sounds it's it's the familiarity of the acoustics uh, of the environment you know how how well you model the acoustics of the environment all these becomes super super critical in in terms of um giving you uh, a most realistic perception of sound at the end of the day I think we also need to make an important distinction and please correct me if I'm off target here. One line of your offering is um, a capture of uh, really famous, well-tested studio environments that then you can utilize as a filter in inverted commas on your master bus in your DAW and then you can essentially enjoy all the benefits of being that space um, without physically being there. Right. But there is another yeah. uh, side to this where you um, take images of, um, the users would have to take images of their ears and then send image, which would then is matched with a existing database of images. I guess it would it would match some a bank of existing HRTF or averages that have been previously captured. N- not not really. So what we are we what we are actually doing is uh, predicting the your HRTFs real time. We are not really we take the image of your ear but we are not matching it with a set of HRTFs. We are analyzing the ear shape. Uh, and then from that, we are doing our own mathematical calculations and actually computing your own HRTF. So we figured that, you know, uh, of course, analyzing the database, it's much more easier, but it can have uh, offsets here and there. But we figured that this is the most accurate method of uh, measuring HRTF. Now. I mean, the, the reason we do that, right? Like the re, uh, because traditionally, if you see measuring HRTFs is is absolutely cumbersome. You know, you have to sit in uh, uh, in an anechoic chamber and you know actually measure every angle of uh, HRTF, right, to get get a whole space. Now there are faster methods of HRTFs right now. Uh, Professor Ramani Duraswamy's lab they have done some incredible work in measuring fast HRTF uh, uh, measurements. But in any case it's not practical for every person you know out there to go into a into an anechoic chamber and measure their hrtfs however long it takes so what we wanted to do is make we wanted to package a solution which is um, which is super easy for the end user right so what we do is uh, we ask the user just everyone has a smartphone right now they just have to take the image of your of their right ear and then uh, it goes to the cloud and we do all the computation mathematical computations and you get your hrtfs within 30 seconds now we call this as the immerse engine and this immerse engine is kind of our basis for all products right because this is what is giving you the personalized hrtf now the most powerful thing about this is once you have your personalized uh, hrtf now i can technically transport you to any space right and this is where we have different products so we have a gaming line of products where uh, uh, we call it the uh, we we have windows drivers uh, and where you have multi-channel surround sound coming in from all the games and we can uh, using your personalized hrtfs we can do all the convolutions real time as you play the game right and then we have on the pro audio side uh, we have um, this virtual studio application that that you were talking about so we have a bunch of products there we call it the immerse virtual studio and we have also partnered with odyssey uh, and that product is called odyssey reveal plus right so the idea of virtual studios uh, right so once I that like like you said, it's a two-step process. Once one is you are modeling your own ears using the image. And then what we actually do is we go to these different world-class studios, we measure the acoustics very accurately of these studios and put it in the plugin. So at the end of the day, a listener uh, uh, or a user uh, in their DAW, they can put this plugin in their master bus and 
what they are listening to is how that music would sound in 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 that particular studio as if they were there at the sweet spot of the studio right and and the plugin is very cool in terms of the fact that you can choose between different speakers uh, uh different monitors in that studio right uh so that way it's it's extremely powerful so you can stay in your bedroom um you know and and you can actually listen to how your mix sounds in these different monitor speakers in these different studios you know um, you may not be able to afford these studios but now with the immerse virtual studio plugin you can you can do that yeah that's really cool um i i'd like to stay for a little bit longer on the subject of using imagery of the users right and uh-huh. using them for kind of real time calculations. Yeah. Are, are we talking about like a set f- algorithm formula that just works and quickly spits out all the results? Or are we talking also potentially talking like a machine learning element yeah. within the chain that essentially improves as as we get more data from the users around the world? Right. So this is this is totally a machine learning uh, uh, setup right so we are we have our immerse engine is, is it's actually an ai engine so as as you as the it it improves over time we the the every time we we do we we do a lot of hrt of measurements uh, at the end of the day we actually have measured hundreds of uh, hrt of for different subjects in our own laboratory we have a a huge anechoic chamber and we have this uh, entire hrtf measurement system right so that that hrtf set of hrtfs becomes kind of the training data set for uh, for our uh, ai algorithm right so uh, that that's what it that's where it knows which is the best which is how how to predict these hrtf most accurately can i just go even a step deeper, if you don't mind me asking, um, mm-hmm. what are the yeah, core sure. elements that you're trying to measure from from the image that then uh, inform the machine learning engine? You know, the, the shape of pin eye and and the, the size of the ear and the proportions mm-hmm. of the ear in relation to the uh, side of the head and mm-hmm. kind of in terms of the actual details, what goes into the... Uh, right. into this formula that to really determine the right. core differences right there are actually thousands of parameters that we are extracting from the image right so it's 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 everything it's the shape of the image uh, sorry shape of the ear it's all these distance between say the concha and the outer part of the ear and all these tiny tiny distances right uh, and the depth of the concha everything we are actually taking out from the image we are extracting from the image and that's what we are using to actually calculate these hrtf so it's not just couple of parameters but uh, uh it's much more involved and sophisticated that we actually take uh thousands of uh image uh in order thousands of parameters from the ear image in order to do this and uh, it's kind of fascinating that we are actually doing it uh, uh under 30 seconds right so uh, typically it takes so much longer uh in order to to do any any the, any of those things so we have spent a lot of time in in optimizing uh how fast can we predict these hrtfs and uh we actually uh, in our lab um i mean before even conceptualizing this and putting it in the into the product we in our lab we do perceptual tests with these predicted hrtfs from the image versus your real hrtfs right which we actually measure and we found that they are they're very very similar right so that is how we know that this this technology works yeah it's it's absolutely fascinating i'm also really curious to hear whether or not you started kind of observing any cultural and racial differences between the participants. And what I mean by that, um, we know that, for example, a Chinese-speaking population mm-hmm. perceives uh, certain musical mm-hmm. modes in a different way due to the mm-hmm. early development of the language skills have real influence on how mm-hmm. the speech, music, and sounds are perceived. So I was wondering if these kind of elements have also have a role to play when it comes to HRTF and the differences that can come 
Right. But I suppose you need a really huge database to start observing those right. kind of things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure there are these cultural differences, right? I've I've seen several papers, uh, you know, looking at uh, Korean databases, Korean HRTFs, um, and and Chinese HRTFs and uh, American HRTFs. So, I'm sure there are these cultural differences. We haven't looked into this in in detail. We haven't. I mean, of course, as like you said, you you need a huge database uh, in order to actually look at these differences. Uh, we haven't done that, but I'm sure these these differences do exist. And one of the things that we are constantly trying to make sure is there are no biases in any way, right? Uh, we want to make sure the HRTFs that we are our training database is as as neutral as possible, and we uh, and and the predicted HRTF is as accurate as possible to your own personalized HRTF. Excellent. So, for the benefit of our listeners, can we quickly go through step by step instructions mm-hmm. on how to get access to the technology and start using your own HRTF in the most simplistic fashion, right. regardless of uh, DAW, regardless of the genre format that you involved with. Right. Uh, tell us everything. Right. So I think the first thing is if you go to embody.co, um, our website, we have all our products listed there and you can, you can quickly download them for free. Uh, you have... Um, uh, 14-day trial period for all our pro audio products. Uh, so you would see a list of products, uh, pro, and depending on what headphones you have, what DAWs you have, you can you have all the options, right? So one of one of the products is uh, Immerse Virtual Studio All Access, so which which has um, uh, which is like like it says it's an all access product it works with all daws it works with all headphones that you might you might probably own right so you go there you download this plugin from our website uh, all you need to do is uh, you can open it open your favorite daw whatever it is uh, and we're talking about Reaper, Pro Tools, Nuendo. Reaper, Pro Tools, Logic, Nuendo, Cubase, whatever. All the major ones. Um, and anything really that supports a plugin, right? Anything that really supports uh, a VST, AU, or AAX plugin. So there are some media players that you that that supports uh, these plugins like JRiver and Rune or whatever. Uh, I don't think Rune supports plugins, but uh, uh, basically any 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 application that supports plugins, um, you can use this um, uh, uh, use our product with that. So uh, yeah, so you use you open your your favorite DAW uh, and uh, you can instantiate the plugin um, in the master bus, um, right? Um, um, and then you can, uh, all you need to do is as soon as you open the plugin, it will ask you to uh, log in with your email ID. Um, and w- as soon as you log in, uh, you get a pin code to your email and um, you use that pin code to authenticate your email ID. And then that's it. You, uh, uh, after that, it, it shows you a QR code. Now, this is where this is the step where you actually need to scan the QR code and submit your your ear image. So once you scan the QR code, um, you are directed to a web app, and in this web app, you uh, you can submit your ear image, your right ear image, and in once you submit it in thirty seconds, uh, your HRTF will be created. Um, and in the plugin, it will say that, hey, your HRTF is already downloaded and your prof- personalized profile is ready. And that's it. This is a one-time process. You don't need to go over this image submission and all that multiple times. It's a one-time process as as once you submit your ear image, once it, it you create your personalized HRTF, you are all good to go. Right. So, and then, and then you can start using the plugin. Uh, it we have, like I said, we have different virtual studio plugins. We also have partnered with Steinberg, uh, uh, which is we call it the Immerse, uh, Immerse with Ambity Coder. 
Um, so you can use that plugin to uh, use our Immerse uh, Embody personalized HRTFs to make music in Ambisonics. Brilliant. Well, let's address the really obvious stuff for anyone who is more post-production sound design for film or uh, sound design for games and whatever. Right. Um, okay. What are the real benefits? And I'd, I'd like you to talk uh, with the hindsight and experience uh, of talking to a lot of people about this very subject and collecting that data personally. Right. Uh, what are we gaining here if we compare to right. doing a usual workflow essentially decoding spatial audio through someone else's ears um, and then mm-hmm. submitting content, releasing content for for audience consumption reproduction versus at addressing that part by using own HRTF at creation and uh, post-production stage right. and then right. passing it to other people who still might not be able to experience that content with their HRTF, but at least we're eliminating one problem at a time. So I hope my question was clear. What what are we gaining here? Uh, I think one of the most important things uh, we are gaining is is actually the truthfulness of the audio, right? Like uh, say you're, you're mixing in ambisonics and at the end of the day, if you don't have this huge... Ambisonics grid. You most likely you're listening on headphones. So you, so you're, you're at the end of the day you're binauralizing into uh, on onto headphones, right? And what happens is if you're doing that, uh, you need personalized HRTFs in order to make sure your uh, your directionality of the sound or or how or how how the the mix sounds to you is as real as possible and once you do that you can tweak in all your all your important tweaks that that you need to do you can you can actually identify uh, uh you you would you would be amazed how 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 many details you can actually find uh, personalized versus non-personalized right uh, so you can you can whether it is whether it is tonal quality differences or uh, the spatial directional differences uh, there there are tons of advantages that you can you can get when you are listening with your personalized hrtfs so that is one thing so as a creator for you yourself you have this uh, this real ultimate tool where you can you can see how it would sound um, um, as as in real life or as compared to if you have uh, uh, actually a huge grid of speakers right now now once you send it to someone else as a creator right you say you're sending it to your collaborator um, they can you're not you're not exporting this audio with your personalized HRTF. Bear in mind, you're not really exporting doing that, right? So when they are listening, they can listen with their own HRTFs, right? So at the end of the day, even they are listening to the mix that you created uh, as as true to their ears as possible. So they are, uh, it's, it's as if they have this huge grid of speakers around them and they are listening to it in, in real life, right? So what it maintains is the truthfulness of the audio or the authenticity of the audio as, as it moves from one ear to another. Okay, so I guess to summarize very simply, the difference between working with audio with personalized HRTF versus non-personalized HRTF could vary from not a lot, depending how anatomically speaking you match with the database of existing HRTF versus quite drastically because uh, although we can't really put a number on it, uh, the the research shows that the difference can, can be rather substantial um, in terms of listening experience. So by taking that out of the equation and working with personal HRTF, we truly connect with the audio we're working with, whatever the context. We, everything, all the details associated with directionality, the, the timbre, the fidelity, uh, we we just get with a absolutely with with high degree of accuracy. So our decision making 
in terms of what we do with the audio. And, and again, that probably goes across all kinds of activities when it comes to working with audio um, changes. And assumingly, we end up creating a better product. We achieve better result. And regardless whether or not whoever else is then consuming that content, do or do not have personalized uh, HRTF. And at a decoding stage, we we already made an improvement. But that kind of leads to my next question. We kind of at the cast where more and more content creators and you know people from the community who are involved with spatial audio are using head tracking, are testing out personalized listening and and kind of employing those new technologies um, into their workflows. But then, yeah. I guess in order to achieve ultimate result where what we really want, we want the the consumers to start using personalized HRTF. So mm-hmm. at the moment there's a lot of effort mm-hmm. to to establish the technology right. for the for the creators, but it's also becoming important for the consumers. What was your vision mm-hmm. with regards to the other side? Right. And do you think that's a uh, like a missing component that we need to tackle in the near future to fully take advantage of right. personalized listening as a whole. Now, I mean, without a doubt, that's that's there is the other aspect of it, right? But we are actually a fair bit of amount of work even even there when it comes to uh, hardcore audiophiles who are actually using some of our plugins in 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 different media media players to uh, who actually listen to their music. Uh, in uh, using these virtual studio applications, right? Uh, where they are actually li- uploading their image and getting their HRTFs and listening to this audio in in their favorite, you know, headphones like like the Odysseys or uh, or the Bear Dynamics or any 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 of your favorite headphones. So uh, in essence, we are already doing that. Uh, but at the end of the day, yes, you're right. Uh, that's our, our vision is it's the entire ecosystem, which is the creators and the consumers. They all have their their own personalized HRTFs, and um, and that would kind of complete this this ecosystem where the creators are listening to something and making music true to their own ears. And the at the end of the day, the listeners are listening to it uh, as as intended by the creators. Um, but that's that's the ultimate goal, and and we are we are getting there uh, pretty soon. Would it be too ambitious to assume that maybe in not very distant future? Um, and apologies for mixing brands that maybe are not necessarily compatible in this context, playing a game on PlayStation VR, or maybe I'm um, um, doing some kind of uh, productivity immersive experience on Oculus Quest, and or maybe I'm listening to immersive music with head-tracked audio on, on Apple, or even Spotify, and then I can quickly use the same technology, take a picture of my ear, upload it, and now I can enjoy my entertainment and OTT services on demand with a greater fidelity. Absolutely. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> so that's, I mean, that's 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 where we are headed to, right? Like we, we want to make sure this is uh, kind of democratized, uh, the whole idea of... Uh, taking the image of a year and making personalized HRTFs. Right now, we are in more in the pro audio space. Uh, we are actually, e- even in the pro audio space, even in these virtual studio plugins, there is so much more work to do. We are we are actually doing a lot of work in terms of, uh, you know, add, uh, understanding what spaces are important to add. Like, for example, you know, mixing engineers, we always want, love to hear how our mix sounds in cars, right? Like whether it is, it's a really shitty sound system in, in a car or, or a very high-end high end sound system uh, of a car, right? So we want to listen how, how our mix sounds in a car, how our mix sounds in, say, you know, Google Home or, or uh, Apple AirPods or so 
actually understanding all all the different parts of this puzzles and this are uh, and and also our technology and what we try to do is we uh we we don't ask our users to follow any particular format it doesn't we we it it's it's completely format agnostic right so it uh, doesn't matter whether you are using uh, dolby atmos or you know just object based or whatever uh, ambisonics you can at the end of the day you can use this technology and uh, that's the flexibility uh, this gives you know having having personalized spatial audio it it has as it has has its place in whatever application you're you're trying to do uh, here just a couple of other things that I wanted to touch on and one of them is mm-hmm. um maybe some of our listeners even might have recognized term personalized listening in uh, in a slightly different context um i'm sure you're aware mm-hmm. of um some examples yourself and what i mean is that some companies or headphone companies or even just the software developers um essentially implemented all audiometry system within an app or in order to provide personalized listening in that way. So just for those who um, never heard of audiometry is uh, you get um, stimuli to your ears uh, through maybe various types of signal, even music, and you determine the frequency response of your hearing that then therefore filter is applied to boost or attenuate certain frequencies in order to in inverted commas, normalized your hearing. And then once you've done that, you kind of suddenly um, music sounds clearer and punchier. And for instance, if you slightly deaf around one and three K on your left ear, there would be a three and six dB boost in order to compensate. And therefore it's kind of like a personal improvement on your own perception of sound. Um, So what do you think about that? And do do you feel like, if audiometry is an effective way to further personalize your listening, and if you if we combine audiometry with personalized HRTF, we would get even better result overall. Yeah, I, I mean uh, that's 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 definitely true, right? I mean, if if you have uh, if you have terrible uh, you know hearing loss and you have some audiometry data you could actually incorporate in in your HRTFs itself. But what we what we noticed is our uh, our our uh, the personalized um, uh, HRTF prediction system, right? Taking an image of a ear to an extent actually calibrates even this. Uh, in fact, we we've had some um, amazing uh, feedback from some people who have who have had. Um, some hearing losses say they could actually hear better with uh, with these personalized HRTFs. Uh, so it it was able to do some kind of because it's all AI and um, it, it's been uh, it's understanding the the algorithms have been understanding the ear shapes and everything. Uh, it's able to kind of even adjust for some minor hear, hearing losses, right? Uh, but you know, for sure. I mean, if 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 the differences are huge, uh, if one could actually uh, get that data as well, it 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 would definitely improve. In fact, in our plugin, we we for the same reason we also have there is a left right balance system. Uh, it's a slider. So if you think your image is slightly moving towards the left, you can actually adjust it uh, with with that slider. So in a way, we do have that kind of the audiometry that you're talking about within within the plugin. And another thing I want to talk about is the um, the use of plugin within uh, game engines such as Unity or Unreal. Yeah. So um, can you talk about the workflow? Yeah, I mean we 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 already have some of these SDKs that we are uh, giving out where. Uh, you know, it's basically the same thing, the immerse engine where you can upload in your image and get get the get your personalized HRTFs, right? So once you have your personalized HRTFs, you you you're using that HRTFs in uh instead of the generic HRTFs which are there in most of these game engines. Um so you know that that integration is actually pretty, pretty straightforward. 
it just it's just like a couple of lines of code um, which we have to add it. Okay, so so it, if I downloaded the SDK from the website right now uh, and installed the plugin in Unreal, um, I wouldn't be able to just apply it on the master. Uh, I would I would have to um, connect it through the code to make sure that it interprets the things correctly. Yeah, I mean, we we already have made uh, uh, easy to use SDKs that you should be able to directly even use it in 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 uh, as as a um, much more easy to way uh, uh, use uh, plugins uh, even for these uh, uh, audio middleware engines. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll definitely uh, like check it out in Unreal. Yeah, we could we could definitely hook you up with that. Is there anything that you believe I've missed that would be good to talk about in relation to embody technology and personalized listening in general? Uh, I think we've covered most of it, but uh, uh, what I would uh, I would I would definitely encourage all all your users to go to embody.co and you know try out our plugins, give us feedback. Uh, uh, you know this. We really look forward to listening from all our users, uh, like what they are looking for, how they like the product, and you know uh, what are the things we can improve on and um, uh, further get our community, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, pushing the boundaries of spatial audio in the community. Excellent, and we'll make sure to include all the relevant links in the podcast show notes below, as usual. Okay, Kaushik, uh, it's been really enjoyable talking to you about personalized listening and uh, hearing your story. You you told us what you've done and what are you doing at the moment. Can you share a little bit about where do you think the company and the, the technology is heading in the future? I think one of the things we are absolutely excited about right now is creating uh, um, uh multi-channel surround sound plugins right like uh with with dolby atmos integrations right so uh we want to see it in every studio uh using using embody uh personalized plugins personalized virtual studio plugins right where they are able to use and listen to dolby atmos mixes on their headphones and that sounds as incredible as it sounds with their speaker system and not everyone has access to this uh, uh these dolby atmos systems and that way we we are absolutely excited to be democratizing the system uh, uh you know to all the users and all the studios as well and uh, and just to add we are also you know we have in the past we have worked with uh hearing aids uh, where a personalized spatial audio actually even improves uh, uh, their lifestyle audio you know uh, uh, their experience in in real life uh, where if if personalized spatial audio is integrated within hearing aids so it's uh, like i said we are an audio lifestyle company and we want to make sure we improve the lifestyle of uh, every every individual can you share one piece of advice that really helped you in your career? The only piece of advice I I would give myself and um, uh, is basically not to not to give up and uh, keep trying. Uh, I think it's it's very cliched advice, but really that's the only thing that works. And take take your chances, right? Like uh, trusting your intuition and reaching out to people. Uh, uh, as much as possible and uh, uh, you never know what works or what what wouldn't work so uh, the worst case that could happen when you reach out to a certain person you actually look up to is this person might not reply you but that's okay but if they if they get back to you you know that makes a big difference so take your chances um, um, and it has to work only once Kaushik, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Thank you very much. I'm absolutely honored to be on your show. Thank you so much, Oliver. Looking forward to, you know, meet you in person and talk, discuss more audio stuff in future. Before you go, we want to hear from you. If you'd like to let us know what you think about our show, 
please take the quick survey in this episode's description. It'll help us make the immersive audio podcast even better. We really appreciate your feedback. You've been listening to the Immersive Audio Podcast, hosted by Oliver Cadell and Bjorn Jacobson. This episode was produced by Oliver Cadell and Emma Reese and included music by Rhythm Scott. Got an idea for an episode or want to comment on something we've discussed recently? Drop us an email at podcast at 1618digital.com or find us on Twitter at iAudioPodcast. If you've enjoyed our show, head to our page on iTunes and leave us a review and rating. It really helps us out. Visit 1618digital.com slash immersive audio podcast to access show notes and other episodes and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening. I'm Emily Reese from the podcast Level with Emily Reese, and I interview people who make audio for games, mostly composers. Our newest episode features composer Gordy Hab about his music for Star Wars Squadrons, which is absolutely outstanding. You can find us at patreon.com slash level and levelwithemily.com. Hi, this is Michael Helms, host of the Location Sound Podcast. My recent guest is production sound mixer Byron Mayer, based out of Copenhagen, Denmark. We talk about recording sound on the feature film Torbos, the official Oscar entry for South Africa. Check out the latest episode. Hi, this is Christian from the A Sound Effect Podcast. In our latest episode, you'll hear field recordist adventurer George Vlad from Mindful Audio talk about his travels and work, including his latest library, African Desert, all at asoundeffect.com forward slash podcast. Hi all, this is Becky and Susan from the Sound Girls Podcast, where we speak to audio professionals from all walks of life. Join us Tuesdays at 9 a.m. and listen to the amazing array of sound humans talk about how they got into the biz. And a few cool things, like roadie nicknames and fizzy water preferences. You can find the Sound Girls Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as our website, soundgirls.org. Hey everybody, this is Tim from Tone Menders. In our latest episode, we talk with four-time Oscar winner Richard King. He tells us about the ultra-complicated sound for Christopher Nolan's latest film, Tenant. We talk about creating interesting sound design for scenes happening in reverse, how to build cinematic body punches, and his thoughts on the controversy over the film's dialogue mix. Listen wherever you find podcasts or at ToneMendersPodcast.com. Hi everyone, this is Sam Hughes, host of the Sound Architect podcast, where I interview audio professionals around the world about their projects, their careers and their advice. I've spoken to some of the most amazing sound designers on the top games, TV shows and movies of our time. Our guests also include some of the biggest composers of our generation and some of the most amazing voice actors I've ever spoken to. Catch the Sound Architect podcast wherever you listen to your podcast or at our website www.thesoundarchitect.co.uk See you there! In our modern lives, we spend so much time thinking about what things look like that we tend to forget about our incredible sense of hearing. That's where we come in. I'm Dallas Taylor, and I'm the host of 20,000 Hertz, a podcast that reveals the stories behind the world's most recognizable and interesting sounds. In each episode, we chase down the hidden backstory behind a famous sound or sonic phenomenon. We followed sound designer Ben Burt on his hunt for the sound effects of Star Wars. He was hiking and his backpack caught on a, a guy wire that was leading up to a radio tower, and he heard what sounded like a blaster sound. We found out that dinosaurs probably didn't sound anything like Jurassic Park. If we were around when T-Rex was around, we might feel these sounds of the largest dinosaurs more than we would hear them through our ears. We've tracked down the origins of a drum sample that's been used in hundreds of hip-hop and electronic songs. During that time, everybody had drum breaks. And we had been doing songs where Greg would play these drum beats. We've explored the challenges of interplanetary communication. 
That's pretty amazing to think that I could be on Mars and say, Houston, I have a problem. And it'll be 40 minutes before they get back and say, what's up? And we've revealed how the Netflix audio logo almost included the sound of a goat. For a while, we were stuck on that goat sound. I thought that would be a good time. (laughs) This year on 20,000 Hertz, we'll uncover the origins of even more iconic sounds. We'll also hear from a few surprise guests. In this run of Daffy, he's not the greedy money. Ooh, that's mine. Give that to me. We're bringing him back to the, uh, I'm Daffy. You know, Uh, we are all time travelers going one way. Subscribe to 20,000 Hertz wherever you get your podcasts. That's 20,000 Hertz spelled out without any numbers. Once you see our swirly purple icon, you'll know you're in the right place. And if you're already a fan of the show, tap the share button in your podcast player and post this trailer on Facebook or Twitter, or text it to someone directly who you think would love this show. 